Look, Dylan Brooks said LeBron James is old. LeBron James said, I, I ain't here for the BS. Let's let's play basketball. But not only that, John Morant, how's he doing? Game three of the Grizzlies, Lakers coming up. We're going to break all of that down right here, right now, coming up on Locked on Grizzlies. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host for today, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal in Memphis, Tennessee. If you're on YouTube, you're seeing my background is is kind of blending in with my headphones, so uh, that's a little weird. But, yeah, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal in Memphis, Tennessee, but I'm here in L.A. right now uh, sitting in my hotel room out here in SoCal, California, and you know why I'm here. Game three, Grizzlies, Lakers set the tip off, you know, in a matter of hours here, depending on when you watch this. But first and foremost, I want to appreciate you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies. Make sure you continue to tune in to Locked On Grizzlies because, you know, you can find us everywhere. Google Podcasts, Apple, Spot, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you watch or listen. If you're watching this on YouTube, wherever you watch or listen to your podcast, uh, we are there, Locked On Grizzly. so make sure you continue to rate, subscribe, like, comment, all of those good things. We appreciate all the feedback uh, that you guys give us on Locked On Grizzlies in this season so far. But big game coming up in this series, game three between the Lakers and the Grizzlies, and there's so many talking points that we can hit on, right? You know, Dylan Brooks went nuclear on LeBron James the other day in the locker room, and LeBron James yesterday had a chance to respond. Took the high road for the most part. Basically say, look, I'm ready to play basketball. I'm not here for the BS. That's kind of looks like that's going to be a little slogan that's going to make its way around Memphis. So we'll we'll see what's made of that. But not only that, you got Ja, you got the DB, you got Jaron Jackson, AD. There's so many storylines that make this particular series a great one. Uh, while we can focus on so many things, I think we, it's best if we start off with John Morant. Being that I was at practice yesterday, got a really good look at him, and I'll just let you know, let you guys know, just uh, what we have, what we know right now, and just my perspective on if he'll play or not later on today. The first thing was he stills wearing the black tape on his hand, as you you probably expect, and this time practice some little subtle differences. One thing that stood out to me was. When we saw Ja, uh, same thing, pretty much doing everything with his left hand, uh, left-handed floaters casually, those little things. But he did dribble a couple times with his right hand, but he didn't use his right hand much while the media was in there. Now, I think I've said this before, but there is some strategy to that uh, because Taylor Jenkins is calling him a game-time decision. Uh, there is some strategy to not showing your hand, no pun intended, <laughs> not showing your hand to the opponent here. And I think that's kind of what the Grizzlies are doing. They don't want, you know, us to see John Rand doing much with his right hand because we'll report on it, and then it'll get back to the Lakers, and, you know, they'll know how to prepare. So with all that being said, here's the big takeaway. After practice talking to Taylor Jenkins, he said that, one, after practice, Ja was going to do an individual workout. 
uh, the Grizzlies called them vitamins. He was going to get a vitamin in. And that was going to be a big test, right? Dribbling. All the game, all the game things, dribbling, shooting, catching the basketball, all the game reps in how he went through that. He's also going to do another one here this morning. Uh, before the Grizzlies play later on tonight. And how he responds to those two things will be big determining factors in if Ja is available. Now, with all that being said, uh, one thing stood out that Taylor said. Taylor said a bunch of good things about Ja's status, you know, for this game. The, the most important thing is they said that Ja Morant has improved a lot over the last two days. So you have that from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all the way up. Uh, John Morant has shown a lot of improvements, but there's one quote that stood out to me when we were talking to him. Here's what Taylor Jenkins said. He said he's still navigating a little bit of pain. He said, but as I said, there's some symptoms for sure. I think his dribbling is improving, the shooting, the confidence there. It's just catching a ball that he's kind of having to navigate a little bit, but it's so much better than it was two days ago. So much better than it was two days ago. That's progress, right? So you know there's progress there. That's good. But here's the thing. When he gives you those ends, you, you, you got you to gotta read them. And the one end that Taylor Jenkins gave us here is it's just catching the ball that he's kind of having to navigate a little bit. That's concerning. We're being honest, that's that's concerning. If if John Moran is struggling to catch the basketball, which is one of you know the more simpler parts of the game, I think that does not bode well for his playing status in game three against the Los Angeles Lakers tonight. But here's the thing why you know, because all of these, you know, dribbling, catching the basketball, some of these things that Ja you know needs to do can be masked a little bit. You can cover them up. And catching the ball is one of those things. You can put John situations where he doesn't have to catch the ball that much. But here's the problem. The Grizzlies, if you just watch this series through the first two games, uh, I'm thinking John Sorhan, you don't want him dribbling up the court as much, especially against the Lakers, because the Lakers have two guys, Dennis Schroeder, Jared Vanderbilt, who have been hounds on the ball. 94 feet pressure, and they're not letting you get it up to half court easily. We saw in game one, John Morant lost the ball a couple times uh, when those guys were pressuring him. Didn't turn it over, I don't think, in those situations. But, you know, just lost the ball a little bit. Tyus Jones in certain situations. Uh, dribbling the ball, he just gives it to Desmond Bain. Here, you dribble it. And uh, he gets it across half court for the Grizzlies to get in their motion offense. So all those things considered, right? If the Lakers see John Morant playing, you better believe they're going to force him to put that ball on his right hand and they're going to test that hand out. I have no reason, just based on what we're hearing from Taylor Jenkins, I'm sure he'd have decent success in that. But I, I would expect John Morant to maybe lose the ball or fumble it a few times with the pressure of the Lakers. So how do you avoid that? It's simple. You say, here, Dez, you bring the ball up the floor. Or here, Tyus, you bring the ball up the floor. So if you have one of those guys bringing the basketball up the floor, you put Ja off the basketball. This all goes back to what we were talking to a couple minutes ago. Because if you put Ja off the basketball, guess what? You're putting him in more situations where he has to catch and shoot, or he's going to be cut to the basket. When you're cut to the basket, usually you're hoping the defense reacts half a second late 
which means you got to throw a quick pass, which means a hard pass. And we're talking about Josh struggling to catch the ball. Uh, that's something that could come into play. So I'm looking at it like this. Either you want John the ball where he probably doesn't have to catch the ball as much, but he's going to have to dribble through tough defenders, past tough defenders, or you put him off the ball and you worry about this whole catch problem. And it all leads me to the fact that I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if Ja doesn't play in game three. If if you lose, in theory, you're down 2-1, Ja gets a couple extra days of rest, and you got to play him in game four, so you you, you do what you got to do at that point. But uh, he gets an extra couple days of rest. You play him in game four, and hopefully you steal that one game in L.A., and now you got home court back. Now you're going back to FedEx Forum. So I think that's kind of the approach I would take if I was the coach. I, I would prioritize uh, getting Ja as healthy as possible. But, again, one thing that Ja Morant said when he first got hurt, uh, when he first re-aggravated this right-hand injury, excuse me, John Morant said if he doesn't feel like he's John Morant, he's not going to return. So I think you should take some solace in that. Ja himself said if he doesn't feel like himself, guess what? He is not going to come back. He's not going to rush this thing. So that's something that I'm paying attention to. Uh, I think that's something you should pay attention to. I'm not, quite frankly, I, I'm not expecting him to play in game three. I didn't expect him to play in game two and was, wasn't surprised when the Grizzlies ruled him out of that one. So we'll see. We'll see how Memphis handles this because it's 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 a true, it's it's a true, you know, uh swing type decision. Could swing the series either way, because uh Game three is a momentum game. I get that. But at the end of the day, if you're looking at it from the Grizzlies standpoint, you just got to win one of these games. Win both, cool. That'd be great. That'd be amazing. But you have to win. L- you have to leave L.A. with just, just one. With just one win, and you get home court back. That should be the goal through in this series. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about matchups. Matchups. There are some real big matchups that will – take uh that will play big roles in who wins game three before we get to that i want to talk to you about nissan and i want to talk about our nissan's most electric player of the week nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all new all of 2023 nissan aria and our player of the week this week none other than jaron jackson jr uh the guy was amazing in the first game game one 31 point game and the Lakers couldn't stop him. He got to the point, as we expected, as we talked about on Locked On Grizzlies, the Lakers said, we're going to put Anthony Davis on him. And you know what? They put Anthony Davis on him, held down Jaron Jackson Jr. scoring a little bit, but I know I don't haven't heard many people point this out. Jaron Jackson Jr. had nine boards in game two. If he continues to rebound at that same level, along with the blocks, along with the scoring ability that he's going to give you in stretches, uh, the Grizzlies have something going here. But he is your Nissan Aria Player of the Week for the Memphis Grizzlies. Coming up, we're going to talk about matchups. Stay tuned right after the break. So the Grizzlies match up very well against the Lakers, in my opinion, but how do they match up player by player, position by position? Uh, that's going to be a big factor over the course of this series, and we've talked about it in stretches. But I want to talk. I'm going to highlight just a couple matches uh, that stand out to me uh, in this upcoming game three. And the first one 
well, I was gonna I was gonna make this one the second one, but you guys already know this one's gonna be important. So uh, I'll go ahead and knock it out now without further ado. The matchup I'm most anticipating, and probably most of you are most anticipating, is Dylan Brooks, LeBron James. I mean, should come as no surprise. Uh, Dylan Brooks, after he said what he said, and you know, you guys, if you're uh, a consistent listener of Locked On Grizzlies, if you've heard us for some time here, you know, uh, one thing that I always uh, like to do is clarify on certain topics that, you know, where there could be some misconceptions. And and one of those things is Dylan Brooks when he was talking about LeBron James. Here's what I gathered from it. It wasn't a disrespectful like, hey, this guy's old. He sucks now. He's not what he used to be. Uh, I feel like that's kind of what more was portrayed. Whereas what I got from it, what I got from what Dylan said was, hey, look, LeBron James is an all-time great. Yeah, 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 but so what? Guess what? When we step on that court, I'm not looking at him as an all-time great until he proves it to me. That's what he meant. when he, I think that's what he was saying when he was saying, hey, if he ain't scoring 40 on me, I don't respect it. I think he was just saying, hey, look, yeah, he's done it to all those other guys, but when we're on the floor, I'm not going to – you know, there's no glow, as Dylan said. He, he, Dylan said he was that guy in year one, year two. There was a glow when he played against certain players, and I'm sure LeBron was one of those guys. And I've heard other players kind of say that. But times are different. Dylan's been in the league. Dylan likes these matchups. And just diving into the matchup, there's two ways to look at this. If you look at just the individual raw numbers, LeBron James has had good success against Dylan Brooks, shooting over 50% from the field. Uh, and quite frankly, he's coming off a 28-12 and 12 game. But going a step further, Dylan Brooks has held his own in this matchup. I want to make that clear. Dylan Brooks has held his own in this matchup against LeBron James. Going back to January, right? First Lakers-Grizzlies game of the season. LeBron James, 8-21 from the field. A lot of fadeaways, a lot of missed shots. Dylan Brooks, very physical on defense. In fact, it was Dylan Brooks' physicality, excuse me, that got Shannon Sharp going because he thought Dylan Brooks was fouling LeBron James. And that's how that whole situation started. Uh, there in L.A. last time. We're not going to spend much time talking about Shannon Sharp and that whole situation, but there is that. Now, getting back to the game, Dylan Brooks talks about physicality all the time. I'm sure you guys have heard him talk about being physical. It's why it's one reason why he's in the top 10 in fouls per game, and, uh, and this is something he's consistently in the top 10 in. Dylan Brooks uses his fouls, and he will body you up, and he likes to play physical. I remember when the Grizzlies were about to play Zion Williamson, and it was right after the, the Timberwolves had played Zion Williamson. And D'Angelo Russell, who's a Laker now, by the way, had said uh, guarding Zion Williamson like it's like he's playing football out there. You don't, you don't, you don't really get to to guard him like you want to. And I asked Dylan Brooks about that, and Dylan Brooks said it's okay. I play football too. So Dylan Brooks is going to have that football mentality, not not just against Zion Williamson. But we're seeing it against LeBron James. He matches up very well from the physical standpoint. Over the years, we've seen LeBron straight up dominate guys uh, with, his, with his physicality, like just bully ball, you know, too strong, too fast, and guys don't stand a chance. We have not seen him bully ball uh, Dylan Brooks as much in this series. So Dylan Brooks is bringing the skillful side out of LeBron, which is, by the way, a very, you know, uh, 
nice skill that LeBron has. He has the footwork. He has the post moves. He has the fadeaways. He has all of that. But Dylan is making him use those moves, whereas some guys, LeBron can just uh, get his head downhill and just dribble and easy two points. So I will say in the simplest form, Dylan Brooks is making LeBron James work for his points and for his basketball. So let's see how that uh, goes over in game three, because, you know, LeBron James, at the end of the day, he's not going to get into the whole back and forth to the point where he's shooting 30 shots. LeBron James is going to stick with the game plan. And quite frankly, LeBron James sticking with the game plan is how he can, you know, shut a guy like Dylan Brooks up just by doing what he does. But that's one matchup. I'm sure that's one matchup we all want to see. Dylan Brooks said, hey, you know, you got to score 40 on him. The only guy scored 40 on Dalen, uh, on uh, Dylan Brooks this year was Damian Lillard. And he showed a lot of respect for Damian Lillard after uh, that game. Another matchup that I want to watch really closely is uh, Jared Jackson Jr. versus Anthony Davis. Now, let me clarify here. Jared Jackson Jr. on offense versus Anthony Davis on defense. What we saw in game one was Jared Jackson Jr. Uh, didn't wasn't matched up a lot with Anthony Davis. LeBron James was the primary defender against Jared Jackson Jr., and he feasted. He took LeBron to school. LeBron... Great physical player, but too short. Jaron knows how to get to his spots. He's got more patience with his foot, with his footwork. And, I mean, he went to work. It was easy. He took Rui Hachimura. He took him to school, too. Uh, Jaron was working out on those guys. And I said it after, after that game. I said, you know what? There's one matchup that the Lakers can do if they want to because it comes – at a potential detriment, you bring because you're going to bring Anthony Davis away from the basket. But Anthony Davis is the one guy who can more than hold his own against Sharon Jackson. Jr. Lakers must were listening to Locked On Grizzlies because they made that adjustment in Game Two. Anthony Davis was the matchup for Jaron Jackson Jr. And what we saw was uh, Jaron. You know, he had his moments, right? He went at him, which I think was great to see because it, when I initially, when I saw the matchup, I'm like, oh, man, this is these are the type of moments, historically speaking, where Jaron will shy away uh, from taking as many shots. And this is how he has those, you know, those fluctuating stats over the years where it's like 26 points, 14 points, and all those type of things. But Jaron stayed aggressive. He put his head down. He drew a couple fouls against uh, Anthony Davis. But now uh, he has to keep doing that. And you have to keep going at Anthony Davis because you know what? He's the only guy on the Lakers who stands a chance against Jaron Jackson Jr. And if Jaron Jackson Jr. continues to go at him, he could draw fouls. He could potentially get Anthony Davis out of the game. Anthony Davis is also the only guy who I think is a complete mismatch on the glass. Jared Vanderbilt, great rebounder. LeBron, great rebounder. Uh Rui Hachimura, solid. But those guys aren't anything that, you know, Santi, Jaron, and Xavier Tillman are not. They, they're they not that much better. Uh, I, they are, Jared Vanderbilt, better rebounder than all those guys. But it's not to the point where it is with Anthony Davis, where it's like, look, you have virtually almost no shot on most nights unless it's a, a rare night like he had in game two. So with all that being said, uh, watch Jaron, particularly in the first quarter. He has a chance to set the tone. I'm, I'm going to pay real close attention to that. Jaron Jackson Jr. setting the tone against Anthony Davis, not only, you know, with bringing him away from the basket, but Jaron is strong. 
you got to remember uh, one thing that stood out to me about Anthony Davis over the course of the years. Uh, I actually looked this up and I didn't, I haven't seen him say it personally, but we've seen it reported so much that I'm sure there is some type of truthfulness to the fact that for a large part of Anthony Davis's career, he liked playing power forward because he didn't want to do all the banging that comes, you know, with the center position and, and things like that. But, you know, over the course of time, over the course as his career has evolved, he's kind of becoming more of a center and relishing in that role. But Jaron has become more of a banger this season, right? This is why we're talking about the highest two-point field goal percentage of his career, taking more two-point shots, uh, being more effective, and dominating in the paint. It's because Jaron is putting his shoulder into people's chest and saying, you're either too little or too short. He can't, he can't stop doing that now. Yes, it's Anthony Davis. Yes, he, he he's pretty much your size, and he has a nice wingspan. He had seven blocks in game one, and he's been an amazing shot blocker since he won a national championship at Kentucky. Yes, but you don't shy away. You cannot shy away. Jaron wins that matchup. The Grizzlies win the game. I'll say it again. If Jaron wins that matchup against Anthony Davis, the Grizzlies win game three. Speaking of game three, we're going to talk about some keys to game three coming up next on Locked On Grizzlies. But before we talk about those keys, I had to talk to you about our friends over at eBay Motors, where you can build your visions part by part at ebaymotors.com. Here's the thing. Look, you want to build a championship team, right? The Grizzlies want to build a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect pick, is a perfect fit, excuse me. Well, guess what? With eBay Motors, it's the same way when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage. That's my garage. And look for the green check to know that the part will fit. Or you can get your money back. It's just that simple. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from. 122 million parts to choose from. You'll be right back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. That's right. Eligible items only and exclusions may apply. Next up on Locked On Grizzlies, we're going to talk about some keys to the game between the Lakers and the Grizzlies in Game 3. Stay tuned for that. Game 3 of the Lakers and Grizzlies coming up, and welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I'm so excited to be out here in L.A., so make sure you stay tuned to all my coverage over at thecommercialappeal.com, by the way, because uh, I will be there. I'm going to have uh, on-site coverage pregame. Uh, we will have updates on John Morant. If he's going to play, if he won't play, we'll have updates if he warms up before the game. And everything around the atmosphere, that includes, you know, in L.A., they bring the stars out. Some of you might be looking to see if Shannon Sharp's going to be in the building. But uh, we'll have everything you need to know. Uh, you can find out commercialappeal.com or see my Twitter handle right right over there at DeMichael C. Uh, we'll have you covered as well there. But let's talk about some keys to the game. This is a... It's a big swing game. I call game threes. Game threes and game fives are usually the most, you know, typical swing games of a series. And 
from the Grizzlies' perspective, you have a chance to to kind of ensure your dominance, right? Say, hey, boom, let's go back and steal home court right here, right now in game three. But from the Lakers, you have the chance to say, oh, yeah, they won the one game, and but we stole, we, we stole you know, home court for them. And guess what? Let's get back in the right direction. Let's get our momentum back, and let's get the win. So it's kind of a, a, a nip and tuck pool here. And at the end of the day, all you got to do is win four games. And somebody's about to be one more game closer to that. But here are some keys. Pointed out three keys. Number one, it's the point I've been harping on the most. It's rebounds. Yes, it's a, you know, it's not the, the flashiest part of the game. And, and I know we have a lot of Steven Adams fans that usually tune in to Locked On Grizzlies. So you know how much rebounding matters. And, and, and Grizzlies fans in general, you should know, because this team has been top five in the rebounding the last three seasons. But here's the thing, what I've noticed through these first two games, rebounding has been the difference. It has been absolutely one of the biggest difference so far in this series. Remember, uh, I said before the series started, so the Grizzlies need to play the Lakers even because we're just being honest. Like, you got to be real with yourself. The Grizzlies probably aren't going to out-rebound the Lakers by double digits or anything like that unless something, you know, really dramatic, drastic happens. But it's probably not going to happen. The Lakers are bigger. They have very skilled rebounders. Jared Vanderbilt, Anthony Davis are among the top players in the NBA when it comes to grabbing contested rebounds. Those are the rebounds we're talking about. You're around guys in in crowds where sometimes other players will lose the balls in those situations. So Lakers really good rebounding team. If if Stephen Adams were healthy, the, the Grizzlies would be the best rebounding team in this series. But that's not the case here. So with all that being said, rebounding is the key. You go back to game one. The Lakers out-rebounded the Grizzlies 26-25 in the first half. Grizzlies had the lead. In the second half, Lakers out-rebounded the Grizzlies by 10. Took over the game. Go to game two. The Grizzlies dominated the rebounding in the first half. Dominated the game in the first half. The Lakers Dominated the rebounding in the third quarter. Fought back into the game in the third quarter. The fourth quarter, the Grizzlies got back control of the glass. Won the game. 49-47 margin on the boards. So it's simple. It's it's simple. Rebound the basketball, win the game. Rebound the basketball, win the game. That comes down to Xavier Tillman Sr., that comes down to Jaron Jackson Jr., who we mentioned earlier, had nine boards. I believe Hicks had, I think it was 13 in game one. I mean, game two, excuse me, 23 points, 13 boards, 22 points, 13 boards uh, that was. But those those are the guys who will impact the rebounding more. And our second point, our second point is turnovers. Turnovers. Now, this is where starting Tyus Jones kind of comes in handy because we mentioned game one. The Grizzlies only had 12 turnovers as a team. John had six of them. And the Lakers, you don't want to turn the ball over against the Lakers because they got LeBron James running running the floor. And they got Anthony Davis running the floor. And uh, those two aren't going to miss transition opportunities that much. They're just really good in that area of the game. That's It's that simple. If, if John plays, as I've mentioned – 
You got to watch how he dribbles with his right hand. You got to watch how he dribbles with his left hand. You know, when, when he's been forced one way and how, you know, uh, that affects his effectiveness. Because we've seen, if you watch Shaw real close, he's actually more effective going to his left. When he goes left, he is dynamic. But the thing is, even though he likes to go left, uh, he still finishes a lot of times with his right hand. He finishes a lot with his left, too. Don't get me wrong. Great finisher with his left hand, but he finishes a lot with his right, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But turnovers is the name of the game as well in this series. I think with the Lakers, what we saw in game two, the Grizzlies were able to force some more turnovers with just that defense. Uh, wrapping up the defense a little bit, how do you turn the Lakers over? The thing is, the Lakers kind of like the Grizzlies when John on the floor. They play a lot of pick and roll, and it's it's I think pick and roll. It's hard to guard because usually uh, teams that run a lot of pick and roll have a lot of talent on offense. If you're watching the Suns lately, uh, they're running a lot of pick and roll because they got Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Chris Paul. If you're watching the Lakers, they're running a lot of pick and roll because they got LeBron James, D'Angelo Russell, and they got Austin Reeves, who you know is a really good player. But all those guys, and Anthony Davis is usually setting a lot of those screens. So when teams are running pick and roll heavy, uh, it's because they got a lot of guys who basically don't need a whole play ran for them. But the other side of pick and roll is the fact that the defense, NBA defenses, you've they've seen 10 million uh, pick and roll plays at this point. Not literally 10 million, but, you know, you get what I'm saying. They've seen a lot of them. So with that being the case, it's easy to play against it. Kobe Bryant had something. He said, had, uh, I think it was some, some years ago, Kobe basically said the way that James Harden was playing, which was basically a lot of heavy isolation, pick and roll stuff, was not championship basketball because defenses have a chance to load up and they can kind of predict and they can kind of force the ball to go into a certain direction based on how they play their pick and roll coverage. So the Grizzlies have the chance to do that against this Lakers team. Uh, when D'Angelo Russell and LeBron James and those guys are running those pick and rolls. And they also can create turnovers from that. Jaron Jackson Jr. was the NBA's stock, stocks leader that steals and blocks combined per game. He led the NBA in that stat. Xavier Tillman, who I've said over the course of the season, very sneaky with it. You got to remember, though, this is a former defensive player of the year in the Big Ten. Xavier Tillman has some of the best hands uh, at the center position. So, very good in that uh, in that area as well. But last, but not least, but not least, because we talked a lot about this as well, is grinding out the fourth quarter. Yeah, the Grizzlies won in game two in the fourth quarter. But, you know, since it was a win, we didn't spend too much time talking about this. Memphis had one field goal in the last – uh, five and a half minutes. One field goal, last five and a half minutes. And I will say this, just for full transparency, full clarity here. Made a lot of free throws in that stretch. So it wasn't just straight empty possessions or anything like that. Made a lot of free throws. But the fact that Memphis had, you know, uh, so many possessions where – you, you only had one position end in the ball going through the hoop uh, without a whistle being blown is 
something you got to be uh, mindful of. You, you, that's why they say you never get too high, you never get too low. Because you get too high, you you don't think about those type of things that you can improve on. And grinding out the fourth quarter is one of those things as it pertains to the Grizzlies. Fourth quarter struggles, we've talked a lot about it, right? Uh, ja hasn't been good in the fourth quarter this year. Desmond Bain has not been great in the fourth quarter this year. Dylan Brooks has not been great in the fourth quarter this year. Jared Jackson Jr. is the one player who ranks really well in the fourth quarter. But the thing is, a lot of fourth quarters we've seen sometimes uh, he's not able to be as available or as aggressive because of foul trouble. Uh, knocking on the wood here for the Locked On Grizzlies listeners. Aaron Jackson Jr. has not been in foul trouble uh, yet in this series. And and he's uh, been effective because of that uh, so far by playing high minutes. But you need Jaron on the floor. You're going to need Dez on the floor. And you're going to need Dylan Brooks to knock down some big shots. Uh, that Those are key ingredients to your fourth quarter success. You're going to need Luke Kennard as well. Luke Kennard shot the ball really well in game two. I uh, think he made three three-pointers in that game. So you're going to need him to continue to do that. But the other thing is the defense is going to have to keep up the intensity. Remember, LeBron James, Dylan Brooks gave him gave him some, you know, he gave, he gave him that bulletin board material. Not that LeBron James needs it, but he gave it to him. And LeBron James... So we've seen over the years, he's gonna he's gonna bring it. He's gonna bring it, especially in that fourth quarter. So I, I think you know uh, having Dylan Brooks matched up against LeBron and not being in foul trouble is, is going to be important because a lot of people point back to LeBron having twenty eight and twelve. It's two ways to look at that. Yeah, it's two, Dylan Brooks is in foul trouble, so LeBron was able to pretty much have his way with whoever else defended him. But the other thing is the reason LeBron, I mean, the reason Dylan Brooks was in foul trouble was primarily LeBron James. He picked up his fourth foul trying to be really physical with LeBron. He's trying to match LeBron's physicality, and sometimes trying to match LeBron's physicality can lead to those fouls. So those are three uh, key areas that I want to point out to watch. Rebounding the basketball is at the top of the list for me. Turnovers is another one to watch. And then that fourth quarter, it should be a close game. And when it gets to that fourth quarter, uh, the Grizzlies, have not had the most effective offense down the stretch of games. Uh, and the defense is really going to have to turn it on with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But game three, big game coming up here in L.A. Make sure you stay tuned with all our coverage from Locked On Grizzlies. Uh, we're going to keep you covered all of that with all things coming from this game as well. Uh, me and Joe Mullinax, we will be back uh, for Monday's episode to talk more about that. We appreciate you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzly. Make sure you continue to like, subscribe, all those good things, and enjoy it. Enjoy game three. Again, this is a fun series, uh, Grizzlies fans. You're, you're watching LeBron James, you're watching Anthony Davis, but you're also watching, you know, this Grizzlies team kind of show, you know, to people who still doubt them, right? Yeah, they won 50-plus games again, but a lot of people are picking the Lakers to win this thing. So you're kind of – seeing that Memphis mentality play out in full time, in real time here. And we know uh, this city is, is is no stranger to having to prove themselves. So it's going to be a fun series. It's going to be a fun game. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies. And guess what? We'll see you next time where we will talk more about what happened in this game. And then 
we'll be previewing uh, that next game, game four, on Tuesday as well. So thank you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies. Once again, I am your host, Michael Cole, and we will see you next time on Locked On Grizzlies.